We just say hello. We always just say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Charlotte, say hello. Hello. <laughs> so uh, this week we're going to be joined by um, Charlotte, who works uh, as a nutritionist, not a nutritionist. Not a nutritionist. <laughs> as I said on uh, Instagram the other day. So Charlotte Fisher's going to join us. She's got her own. What What would you? How would you? What would you call your company? I'm a performance and lifestyle nutritionist, and it's like a nutrition consultancy. I think. Uh-huh. Like I yeah. don't know. I haven't really defined it yet. <laughs> so. Should. So Charlotte's got a, a book out there uh, about building habits to, to lose weight and stay fit rather than using fad diets. Is that fair to say that's your, that's your thing? Yes, yes. That's kind of like my bread and butter is the sort of being healthy without hating your life kind of approach. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Yeah, uh, that does. So yes, basically we discovered uh, Charlotte on TikTok because she went viral God. for a couple Which of Which video posts. was it? Do you know which video it was that you saw? Oh, that's a good question. It was one about, oh God, I can't remember now. It was one about, not calorie counting, I think, the icing. So it showed up and it was about counting calories might not be for you kind of thing. And it was oh, all about yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a good uh, one. But, but I've watched a lot of them since. So Charlotte does like really, really handy little tips and tricks. And I thought this would be amazing for our podcast. This is exactly the kind of stuff I need because I'm awful at staying fit. <laughs> I, i'm laughing because i can just see a box of jaffa cakes in front of me. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's definitely relevant for both of us because yeah like I, i've done I, i've been on a meal plan and the gym plan and, and i was like quite strict with it like for a while um but it was just essentially chicken and rice or boring. Chicken, chicken and ve- green veg very boring so very hard to to stick to um like long term because I'm half Italian. My parents just want to shove carbs down me. They yeah. don't. They just want to give me pizza and pasta. And although a Mediterranean diet is classed as one of the best, um, for like my my nutritionist at the time, we said no. You have to avoid all that. Carbs are bad. That was that's a myth that I hope to solve today. Oh, is it that bear be a myth? If carbs, if the I don't carbs think carbs are bad. I don't think anything, any of the macros are bad in isolation. It's just when you. I think it's the overall execution of your diet. Yeah, and yeah, like you're right. Like the Mediterranean approach to diet has been shown to be like one of the healthiest that you could possibly have. Like plenty of olive oil, like bread. But interestingly, um, a lot of it is around like the social setup with eating because like Mediterranean kind of culture is very family orientated. Like you eat outside, you get a lot of sunshine, you eat with family, you eat in big groups, like you cook together. And it's those kind of things that keep you healthy as well. Like it's not just the food, which is really interesting. Do you think that stops you from like snacking in a sense, because you eat together at a meal time and you're not likely to like go off off the track and just kind of go raid the drawers and have a quick meal? probably yeah yeah. probably i feel like our like kind of like western culture is very set up around like snacking and snack foods and having snacks between meals and i find that with loads of my clients like when we change what their snacking habits are like like even with some people all i have to do is get them to stop eating biscuits and start eating fruit and they just start dropping weight like that and it's it's that easy for a load of people but people look past that and they're like no i need the magic meal plan which is chicken and rice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is about so like, chicken and rice. Uh, uh, that's kind of where we're going to start, isn't it? The common obstacles. and Yeah, so we'll just go with, like, we can bring our common obstacles, things that have, that have stopped us. Yeah. But, Charlotte, from yourself, 
from your customers or your clients, what's the most common issues about people getting in shape and then staying in shape? Yeah, I think it's like, I think for most people, it's the staying in shape, which is the issue. So loads of people can go really hardcore for like 8, 10, 12, 20 weeks if they need to. And and then that they're kind of like, oh, I'm done now. And then they go back to doing exactly what they were doing before. And um, so I think a lot of it is that quick fix mentality that people have, which stops them actually building habits that are going to keep them there in the long term. So yeah, things like um, like not actually building sustainable habits, like just relying on quick fixes, relying on willpower, like willpower is a very depletable resource. So we can, you might find like at the end of a, a busy working day, you're more inclined to smash through a packet of Jaffa cakes because you've used up all of that willpower throughout the day, like not killing your co-workers so when you get home you're like screw it like the yeah. jaffa cakes are coming out that's very true yeah very true yeah <laughs> is, is there ways to like you know you said like willpower becomes depleted is there a way to enhance that and like is there, or is there different routes that you'd have to take to you wouldn't use willpower you just use another process another kind of way of thinking to to overcome that initial drop in willpower well is it about building those habits yeah, I think it is about building those habits, as it suggests in the habit-based fat loss handbook. Good plug. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, consistency um, is key, then, isn't it? Yeah, consistency, yeah. like being consistent, the full like, duration of your like your plan and, and how to eat, like for yeah, life. Yeah, like you can you can be like consistently average and end up somewhere quite exceptional because you've just shown up like day after day after day. Like, if you think about even if you think about athletes, like they don't do anything that special during the week. Um, like they just go for a run or like do their sport and they just do it again and again and again. And they become like very, very good at it just through repetition. So a lot of it is finding something that you can actually stick with and then just repeating it again and again. I think that's people get bored of it because it's not like moderation is not sexy at all. And people want the sexy fasting, <laughs> keto, high fat, um, shiny yeah. thing because like you're so used to this instant gratification of like shiny things um that you don't want to don't want to wait for it so it's just a, a case of putting things in place that you can stick with so if you come home from work and you see the packet of jaffa cakes but it's kind of just like natural habit to make a, a dinner that is chicken breast roast potatoes some vegetables or whatever it is if it's habit that you have you shop for those foods so you have them in the fridge and you know how to make it you're more likely to do that um just like setting up your environment yeah. to be more successful to be as little stress as possible yeah totally i mean that makes sense to build that consistency and build those habits but then that's where i stagnate because i get bored i get bored of chicken and rice and broccoli yeah and I find it really hard to stay on track. And one day I'll just go, I can't be bothered. I'm having a pizza and I'm having that full packet of Jaffa cakes and I'm having a beer. And then what I'll do is I'll go, well, ugh, that's one mistake. This week is a write-off. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back go. on it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> the, the famous last words. And then Monday comes and you don't get back on it on Monday. Um, we've got so like a, a habit. Yeah, we've got like a habit, don't we? Like of always resetting ourselves to the monday like yeah. it can't be we can't start the next day it has to be oh well we may as well just wait to monday I monday's the start of the week um like the what like one area that like i have been consistent of which i'm proud of i don't know if this is a good thing maybe you can like answer i have um stuck to breakfast being two eggs for a good uh 
three three years now and that was one of the like things that i've read on men's health and and the natural nutrition i had said like eggs are probably one of the best breakfasts you can have like in your opinion is that quite a good route for breakfast is is, like boiled eggs quite a healthy start to the day and and one you'd advise yeah so eggs are really high in protein and they're also got some like some some of the fat a load of the essential fatty acids that we need in them so you're already getting like a decent hit of like health in your first thing in the morning and then protein is very satiating so it keeps you feeling full um, and again it's one of those things of like if you like eggs then yes but if you hate eggs you don't have to force yourself to eat them just to be like hashtag healthy like if you hate eggs and you're like i like so i have cereal for breakfast every morning and people are like ah, but you're a nutritionist it's like i have cereal and fruit and milk and like not much protein at all but it it works mm-hmm. for me and i i like it yeah. um so it is a case of just finding something that you like and i think a lot of people like you said like with the chicken and you get bored of chicken and rice and broccoli i think people's don't eat enough food that they actually really like so for example like we just had dinner and we had salmon roast potatoes some other roasted vegetables and broccoli and cheese sauce and people might look at that and be like you had cheese sauce on your broccoli that's not healthy and it's like in reality like (laughs) it's part of a, a balanced diet and you have to look at the diet overall like people go like oh how do your family bear living with you because you're a nutritionist it's like no we eat pizza we we had mac and cheese the other night we have steak, we had chips yesterday, just stuff like that, like finding that moderation and finding that balance. So do you like take it as a, like your diet as a weekly or like a, a daily kind of thing? So you kind of moderate on a day or a week basis. So you think if, I, if I'm more strict to myself, like say Monday to Friday, and then you're more lenient on the, the Saturday and Sunday, would that mean that overall your calorie intake is the what you wanted and it's more balanced so that going forward you're happier but you're also staying within those confines of being healthy overall yeah I think it's a really good way to look at it and you don't even have to look at it over a week you can look at it over like months if you want to um like energy balance which is are you gaining weight losing weight staying the same weight it happens over quite a long time so I think people see it too much on like a meal to meal thing and like oh that meal I had 300 calories and therefore the next meal I can have 700 calories and it's like yeah but what have what have you been doing for the last six months and what will you be doing for the next six months um so yes socially that's a really good way to eat that you just mentioned because we're very socially set up to have weekends which are more relaxed and where we do more stuff and we go out for brunch and we go out for dinner and we have a bottle of wine those kind of things so keeping your calories like a bit more moderate during the week and can leave you with just like way more freedom at the weekend and it's that's a strategy I use with loads of my clients is basically just being a little bit more I don't think I don't know if regimented is the right word but being more consistent during the week yeah like that's that's definitely the approach that i took when i was more strict with myself before like covid and lockdown um i would always like be very strict in terms of like the two eggs then kind of a snack would be like cashews or almonds and then i would have chicken and rice or prawns and rice or turkey and rice (laughs) or veg and i was so strict during the week but then at the weekends what that allowed what i that allowed me to do was not think about what i was eating yeah um, but I never knew if like I was overdoing it because I would be like stuffing my face with muffins and takeaway and I think that's and really alcohol good for, that's really good for them you know sort of like your 
how you feel about it mentally yeah, yeah as well to it, have that blowout not a blowout but you know what i mean that i don't need to worry about it isn't doesn't the like the rock Dwayne uh, Dwayne johnson does he not like like he does like insane diets but like he takes like one day in a month where he just eats like thousand like ten thousand calories he's an insane bodybuilder i know look at us i'm I'm assuming he's also on like quite a lot of extra (laughs) helping substances enhancing substances um so i don't like the cheat day mentality because it kind of gives you this idea that what you're doing is wrong and so you know like if you tell a kid that it can't eat sweets or that it can't have some sweets like you've probably seen that screaming kid in the supermarket like mommy i want some sweets and the mum's like no and then the kid screams more for sweets <laughs> yeah that's basically what we do so if you start telling yourself like i won't eat this i won't eat this during the week i won't eat this during the week i'll save it for my like my binge day or my cheat day um you end up going absolutely mental on that day because you've you've did like D D declined D there's a word I'm looking for denied you've denied yourself those things for so long that they get this like magic yeah. status in your head um you're nodding like you, you you're just yeah. mad no, yeah. yeah I can I completely I completely appreciate that I can see like that like like really affecting your like approach to the day yeah. that you're not going to like be as strict but like having that certain like type of approach how does that affect like your metabolism because someone i believe someone asked a question around this like how does it how does your metabolism metabolism change like throughout the months throughout the year if you change like are strict on like weekdays and then really like lax on weekends or like whatever approach you take how does your metabolism like is everyone's completely different and it just depends what you eat but can you slow it down to say like if you are in calorie deficit and for a long period of time will that really be detrimental to metabolism really is what i'm asking like going forward yeah so um i think a lot of people like it's a very old school bodybuilder school of thought is like oh metabolism uh, cheat day to speed up your metabolism and it really doesn't so metabolism is somewhat dictated there's this thing called thermic effect of food which is how much energy it takes to burn the food that you've eaten so it kind of follows like physics if you eat more food you then have to burn a few more calories to to burn that to like digest that food but it Mm -hmm. doesn't like it still stays in proportion so it's like burning five calories to digest 500 if you eat a thousand calories you use 10 calories to like digest it like it it all stays in proportion so you will Mm -hmm. see increases in metabolism but it's not enough to it won't have any meaningful difference um but interesting you mentioned about slowing down your metabolism because you can slow it down so if you diet for a prolonged period of time your body like it starts going oh we're in a famine and we're gonna die so it starts trying to conserve energy so what it'll do is it'll basically slow like reduce how much energy you use for like essential processes so for like women you might have heard of like I don't know if you've heard of female bodybuilders or female athletes losing their menstrual cycle because the body's like well we can't support a child right now because we're starving so you don't need that um that'll save us 100 calories and you also get way less active so if you um have like a step tracker on someone and they're not actively trying to hit 10,000 steps or whatever arbitrary number if you put them into a massive deficit they will probably stop moving around as much so their steps will go from like a spontaneous baseline of like 7,000 8,000 whatever it is on a day and they'll probably drop that right down 
and it's their body's natural way of being like we need to conserve energy and even things like people stop fidgeting as much they won't be as hot which is probably why like I don't know if you've ever heard of quite thin people complaining of being cold like in anorexia people get cold very easily because their yeah. body's not burning any energy for heat um but it's not permanent so there's only one study that has shown it to be like a permanent change and that was the biggest loser study and there are so many flaws with that study it's untrue um in that everybody there was a seven-year follow-up and everybody dived back into a calorie deficit two weeks before the weigh-in like seven years later to be like right i need to make my weight as low as possible (laughs) which then screwed with all the results um, and I was going to say, so how does that work out then? So if you're trying to get fitter and lose weight, but when you put yourself in a calorie deficit to lose weight, you feel less active. How are you supposed to keep your exercise up? How does that work? Um, you basically have to be very, uh, yeah, it's just building habits in to get that there. So if you, um, so your your metabolism will never slow down enough to actually like outdo your calorie deficit. So if you drop down to eating like, I don't know, 1800 calories a day, your metabolism won't suddenly drop down, like, however much again to negate that and to mean that you actually don't burn any, yeah, you don't burn any calories in a day. So I suppose see all this talk about calories and stuff, that leads me to my next problem. And it's a problem I've got. I I cannot count calories. I can't be bothered. I've tried. I really have tried. I've got the app. I've tried to record it. But see, after a week, I lose motivation. I can't be bothered. And it's just, it really, really bores me trying it's to work boring. out how many calories it's I've eaten. Boring as fuck. Like, I don't blame <laughs> you. It's so boring. So I used to do this. I used to compete in bodybuilding stuff. And I tracked my calories for probably the best part of two years. Um, probably didn't miss a day for two years. And it's the most boring I've ever been as a human being in my life. Um, <laughs> so I have, like, now people will be like, oh, so you, you must have some idea of how many calories you eat. And I'm like, no, I have absolutely no idea. I just eat. And I probably, it probably eats somewhere between two and three thousand a day, like, but it fluctuates wildly. Who knows? Um, and it's about finding ways that keep you in energy balance without you having to work at it. So even things like structuring your meals in a certain way. So if you, um, if you were to cook a meal, you probably have like a protein source, a carbohydrate source, some vegetables or some fruit or something like that and you find this kind of like this framework that keeps you at roughly the same body weight and if you then decide that you need to you want to lose a bit of weight you just kind of like maybe drop one of the 3 p.m biscuits or you only have pudding twice a week instead of five times a week um or you exercise a little bit more and it's about finding these tiny little kind of hacks you start bulking out your meals with vegetables so that it's like the same volume of food but for fewer calories and it's about finding these tiny little ways um to to reduce calories without you even noticing is there a way to calculate exactly um how many calories you need to stay like maintain your weight because i know that you can there's like a few calculations online you, you work out your bmr and then you work out how active you are and times it by a number like is that like an accurate way or, or do you have to have like like a like a health check to work out how many calories you're actually burning is there an easy way to for, for the common man just to go i want to know how many calories i need so i can work out how to lose weight and how to gain weight if you want to do so yeah um th- so most most methods will use predictive equations which is what you just described there with the calculators 
honestly just using an online calculator is the easiest way and it's a good guess so as long as you Mm -hmm. are actually honest with the information that you put in and you don't go oh yes i'm a hard manual laborer even though you you're like an accountant (laughs) you sit at your desk all day so as long as you don't (laughs) give yourself an unrealistic activity level um like if you're trying to lose weight like maybe underestimate your activity a bit if you're trying to gain weight maybe overestimate it a tiny bit so that your calories come out like lower or higher but um they use predictive equations which are based on taking hundreds and thousands of people and then using like breath by breath analysis and like indirect calorimetry and all these fancy techniques like lab techniques and working out like so that person burnt this many calories and that person burnt this many calories and this is they do like regression equations and fancy maths and stuff. I don't understand how it works, but they do like loads of fancy maths and they go, oh, here's the equation to work out how many calories you burn. Um, and it's a, it's a really good guess. If you are very overweight, then, um, or you have a very high level of body fat, they're a bit less accurate and they tend to predict a bit higher than you probably need. Um, so it's like, it's about taking them with a pinch mm. of salt and loads of people will go, Oh, well I tried five mm-hmm. different calculators yeah. and they all gave me different numbers, but they all gave you different numbers probably within this like 300 calorie range. So just stick yourself slap bang in the middle because you're never going to get it exactly right anyway. On average, yeah. Yeah. And our energy burn like changes. Sticking a follow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never going to be exactly the same day to day anyway. So it really just doesn't matter. And people get really hung up on it and it's like, no, no, it, it really doesn't matter that much. Um, so yes it's that it's that thing isn't it like people do get hung up on on like like we've discussed like they get so hung up on the day-to-day and like when they have one bad day they write themselves off for the week or write themselves mm-hmm. off for the, forever um, and it is like taking a more lax approach and just having a more general overview of your body over a long period of time because that's how it'll change so yeah. i guess that's one of the, the points that we, we've discussed between each other like how do you like like is progress pictures is that the best way to monitor yourself how do you like ensure that your motivation stays when you're not seeing progress for months on end yeah like, slow progress is a killer yeah like, it like, is how, a huge killer and um, what's the common like hacks to get rid of it like that kind of a, like to make sure that you you feel that you're getting somewhere like is there nothing worse for anyone when when they're doing something and feel that they're, 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 they're that it's pointless yeah it feels pointless yeah. Yeah, so results do drive motivation. So if you're not, and because you see your body in the mirror every single day, you don't see those changes. So I had a client today who spoke to a friend who she hasn't spoken to for like six months on Zoom, and he went, "You've lost weight." When she like answered the call, and because she can't see it, like she can't see it, she looks in the mirror every day, and she's like very judgmental of her own body. So like she doesn't, yeah. yeah. Um, so progress pictures using your body weight and just taking your body weight with a pinch of salt again because like you probably like if you haven't been for a poo you're gonna be like maybe a kilo heavier than your actual (laughs) body composition like so much stuff influences it and I think people see their body weight as a direct reflection of their body fat levels and it's really not it's like this is how much stuff is you right now and tomorrow like you might have eaten more food. So there might be more stuff in your intestines. So you're way more. Um, or you might be dehydrated. So you're way less because there's less stuff inside you that weighs things. And um, so using like a combination is really helpful. And um, measurements is usually a great one, like waist measurement, because people often see that drop before they see like change in progress pictures or change in scale weight or things like that. 
Um, progress pictures are great, especially if you're comparing over a long period of time, because you can look back on like six months ago's progress mm-hmm. pictures and be like, oh, wow, that's that's a big difference. Um, like had one client who yeah. only dropped about a kilo and I was freaking out because I was like, why is he so OK with this? Because our goal was like weight loss and he's only dropped like a kilo in the last eight months. And then I saw his progress pictures and I was like, oh, OK, that's why he's happy. Um, so I was so confused. Yeah. Like I, I use progress pictures, and that that's good when you're like on that side. But now when I look back at the picture, you're getting worse. Yeah, no. When I look, <laughs> when I look back at the picture before COVID compared to now, like I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna delete all the progress pictures. <laughs> I guess that's one thing that probably everyone is kind of suffered from. I've been guilty of deleting progress pictures genuinely. No, but like this year, everyone suffered. Oh, like the last twelve months, aye, aye. like. It must be have been very hard. It must like there'll be a huge driver like for nutritionists, for personal trainers, for the gym. Like as soon as they all open back up, because yeah. I can't I, I can't think of anyone that would have been in better shape unless they've just ran all the time. That was me. Hello. Is that you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, "What? How are you going to train?" I'm like, "What do you mean? I train outside anyway." So I do loads of like running and cycling. So this has been great. Like, it's like okay, nothing's <laughs> changed. I don't go out anyway. I absolutely hate cardio so like well like, can, can that can i segue us into the common myth thing yeah go on i think go the on most then. interesting one for me is how, how important is cardio in losing weight and staying fit not as in well it's it's important but not as important as a lot of people put emphasis on it in the like the traditional sense of cardio so like you said then like you said cardio and you associated that with running and so many yeah. people like hate running and then they go but i need to get <laughs> fit and they associate being fit with being able to run and it's not necessarily a thing like <laughs> i know so many yeah. cyclists who can't run at all um it's just a different type of fitness so it is helpful and that's one of those things that's really helpful for weight loss maintenance so if you um if you exercise more or even just like you don't even have to exercise just move and just move more so this is where setting yourself like a step goal can come in really handy um and it's just like walking around because i don't what what are you yours guys jobs like what do you do uh, so i'm a uh, quite severe so i sit at a desk <laughs> yeah i sit at a desk but i've got a dog so uh, i i do have i do get like ten thousand steps in like yeah. a day religiously do you um, even working at home? Yeah, because I, I go out Impressive. before work. Uh, like, I, walk I, I probably walk now more that because I work from home than I did yeah. in the office because at lunchtime I take the dog a walk uh, around our park and then after work I, I, I do another hour walk. So I do get 10,000 steps every day, which is quite good. Yeah, yeah, currently I'm in an office and I definitely don't do that. I do about 2,000 steps a day. Yeah, because like <laughs> if, if you think about it, if you... If, if your office isn't close enough to walk to or there's no public transport you're going to drive to the office you're going to sit at your desk all day you yeah. might get up a couple of times to go to the toilet or to go to the kitchen or whatever and then you drive home and that's kind of like your entire day um whereas if you've got someone who's like a builder who is manual laboring all day who's walking around all day and um, like it's one of the things that i've discovered as a joy of being self-employed is that at 10 a.m i can be like right it's my training time it's my walk time it's my run time and i can take yeah. time out while it's light it's especially hard i think in winter because you leave yeah. for work in the dark you don't really want to go out in the dark and cold at like 5 a.m yeah. um like it's different if you've got a dog because like you have to um i think that's why so many people ended up with like lockdown dogs because it's like oh it'd be nice to take the dog for a walk and now yeah as soon as everyone goes back to normal they'll be yeah, yeah. Mental. and i also yeah. think i'll find i find it hard after work 
So after yeah. work, I'm shattered. Like I've got, I can't be bothered going around. I think a lot of that is lowering the barrier to participation. So you just said then, like, I can't be bothered to go for a run, but could you be bothered to go like for a walk? Like, could you go walk for five minutes in one direction and five minutes back? And that's a strategy I use with loads of clients. If they're like, I I want to exercise, but I also just can't be asked. I'm like, right, we're going to use the three minute walk and you have to leave the house. And all you have to do is walk for three minutes and then you turn around and then you come back. And if you get to that three minutes and you want to keep going, then you keep going because often just getting out of the house is the hardest bit. And that's where you need to make it Mm -hmm. as easy as possible for yourself to participate. Yeah. And so that kind of takes, that leads on to the, the question I had actually was, so so cardio, like you're explaining the importance, like in terms of exercise in general, what is, because I've read places before where they say that the diet and that you're, what you eat is about 70% of accounts to like weight loss over exercise. Mm-hmm. So if, if you, you, you could be doing all this, you could do marathon running and um, all this weight training, but your diet's not right. You're not going to get anywhere because 70% is, is, is accounted by food. Is that right? Is that like accurate or is it just changed based on people? So I think it depends on how extreme you take the exercise. Um, like if you are like, like you said, then marathon running, weight training every day, maybe it's your full-time job. You can pretty much eat what you want and you can't mm. out eat that. If that makes sense. Like yeah, yeah. by the virtue of just eating a lot of food, you're probably going to cover all your bases anyway. Um, even if you don't eat particularly like healthy in inverted commas food, you're probably going to hit your protein requirements, fat requirements, carbohydrate requirements, just because you're eating like this huge volume of food. Um, Whereas if you've got Sue who's doing the couch to 5k program and she goes out for a a 30 minute jog, she can absolutely out eat that because she's probably only burnt through about like two to 400 calories while she's doing that. So I think it's like the exercise itself doesn't burn that many calories I, I used to work with a, a driller, so his act, his job was very active, but like his diet was atrocious. He would have a doner kebab at 11 a.m. I feel like you're talking about me. No, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. Uh, like 11 a.m. we have a doner kebab, and then at lunchtime we'd have a burger and chips, and then throughout the day we'd be drinking like soft drinks. And that's obviously, was, and he was, he was not fat, he was really skinny. And that was obviously because he's burning so many calories like from his job day to day that it's not affecting them. It might be not like the the best in terms of like your arteries and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in terms of like the, like putting on weight, he's not going to put on weight because because of that factor. He's a mess yeah. inside. Bill looks cranking. Yeah. yeah, skinny fat. I think they call it. Yeah, I think people confuse weight with health, and they like equate a skinny person to being healthy. And it's like no, they just either don't eat that much or they exercise a lot, and it has nothing to do with what's going on inside. So yeah. Diet will probably help out with weight and health, but exercise will also help out, especially on like the health side of it, because exercise mm-hmm. has so many benefits for health that aren't weight loss related. So even things like you've probably heard the terms like insulin sensitivity and stuff like that, like great for those kind of things. Um, and even if like it doesn't make you lose weight, it's a very healthy thing to do. And having a very sedentary lifestyle is will increase your risk of dying for any reason at all it's like it's called all-cause mortality so um having a very sedentary lifestyle not very not not moving around very much um 
will make you more likely to die basically like is the bottom line which is kind of scary <laughs> so, to think about it so, so be warned listeners get moving go jogging don't, don't say, die don't, don't, don't say stationary yeah yes. and and like i guess another myth that i've been told a lot is like getting two liters of water a day drink water is that a myth to, i don't know if it's a myth i i i, 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 I think it, it's not gonna be ba- bad for you because you you're made of you're made of water. So yeah, I've got luckily we've got somebody in the call who knows what they're talking exactly, about. Exactly, that's I true. Do. Tell me. Um yes and no. So everybody's water intake will be so different. So mine will have to be vastly different to yours. If you are exercising a lot, you're gonna sweat a lot. You so you lose water constantly, like all the time. Like even when you talk, you're losing water because you're losing like water vapor through your mouth. Um and then you lose more if it's hot, you lose more if you're sweaty, you lose it, like just doing anything, basically. And the best way to tell if you're dehydrated is like looking at your urine colour and it's kind of minging. But if your urine, the colour of like, in so in science, they use the term like light straw. Like, I don't know who looks at straw anymore or knows what colour straw is. Lovely. But if it's the colour of like light straw, like pale golden you are hunky-dory and if it's darker than that you probably need to drink a bit more but drinking more is probably never it it can kill you if you drink like shit loads all at once but drinking more is probably not (laughs) gonna do you any harm do you you, i've I've actually got quite a funny story on that because me and my friend used to do me and my friend at work were so bored we used to do a water challenge and it used to be we used to work at scottish water and it was like filtered water that was like maybe it was freezing so we did the water challenge and I drank maybe two and a half, two and a half liters in uh, like 15 minutes. Oh, and wow. honest to God, I thought I was going to die. So, <laughs> so I started Googling like, what like I, am I, am I drowning? Yeah. I was so cold the full day and I honestly went to the toilet about 40 times and I was just like, I would never do that again. Another productive day at Scottish water. <laughs> yeah. So you can dilute your blood sodium. Um, you're like your plasma sodium levels, which is called hyponatremia. And um, it happens sometimes in like ultra endurance sports events when people have taken on a lot of water, but also sweated a lot because you lose a lot of sodium in your sweat. Um, mm-hmm. So if you take on a lot of water, but don't replace any of the sodium that you've lost, you can get this thing called hyponatremia. Um, and it's very, very rare that it like will actually kill someone. But I think there was like a radio yeah. show or something a few years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but like some radio show and this woman had to drink like a load of water to win a prize and she did and then she died. And it like, that's kind Jesus. of, yeah. What did she win? Well for her. I, think she, <laughs> I think she won like a load of money or a holiday or something, like standard radio show stuff. Um, Pass it down to the family. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Inheritance, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like it, it can kill you if you, do it to the so, extreme but it's very rare that that happens if in doubt probably just drink more water <laughs> so i was going to ask then on common myths is there anything that absolutely does your head in as a nutritionist is there something that you hear all the time and that you're absolutely sick of hearing and you wish you could convince everybody of it high fat low carb is the best thing since not sliced bread because obviously sliced bread is bad because it's got carbs in it and um, yeah like the whole <laughs> high fat low carb craze does my head in especially because I work in a lot of performance settings. So I work with a lot of them. Um, I work for a company called Brownie Fitness, which is the Alistair and Johnny Brownie, the triathletes coaching team. So I work with a lot mm-hmm. of endurance athletes. 
and so many people will come and be like but I heard about high fat low carbs I'm like no please don't do it and like I'm going to try it and I'm like no please don't do it um so there's this idea that if you eat more fat you will burn more fat and it's like yeah of course you'll burn more fat you haven't got any carbohydrates to burn um and people equate (laughs) burning fat to burning body fat when actually you're just like you're putting it in here and you're burning the same stuff that you're putting in and everything else is going untouched because you're burning the Ah. stuff that you're taking into your body so you're not burning more body fat without being in a calorie deficit so if you're in a deficit you'll burn off like the stuff that you put in and then because that's not quite enough you have to dig into the reserves that you've got which is your body fat store so you start burning that off but if you are not in a deficit then sandra who's doing couch to 5k and works in an office is not eating 4,000 calories of bacon a day and losing body fat like she's it just doesn't happen but every time like this happens on tiktok so much every time you post about this you get all like the high fat low carb sellers going actually it worked for me and it's like go away <laughs> leave me alone my blocked list is so long <laughs> do you know what i hate when i see in tiktok and i, I know this and i'm not I'm, I'm not an expert at all but like when you see like those those guys or, or females that have like the perfect body so the guy who's like the six pack and they'll go do these uh like setups plank and you'll get a six pack like yeah. is that not like something to come up a lot with where people have a myth that they think that doing a targeted exercise will lose weight in that specific area oh, when you, yes. you don't lose weight like that yeah like you, so you can't spot reduce body fat you can't pick where it goes from it will go from mm-hmm. like your whole body and probably that stubborn area which for most men is their stomach and for most women is like their bum and hips and legs um just because of like hormonal profiles and stuff and that's usually the the place that you lose it from last um so you can't spot reduce body fat but you'll still see like belly blast workouts (laughs) to reduce belly fat it's like for god's sake like so absolutely doing a lot of core work will give you a very strong core and will build your core muscles. So when you do get leaner, you will have those on display. So um, like I'm one of those annoying people that has basically like year round abs, but I also did 15 years of gymnastics and diving, which is basically doing like core work seven times a week for 15 years. And people go, how do I get abs like you? And I'm like, go back from when you were four and start doing gymnastics. Um, (laughs) And because like I, that muscle foundation like you can see abs so you can build muscle in certain areas and make it all look a bit better and make yourself hold fat a bit better there but you just can't get rid of fat wherever you want to unfortunately i wish you could it'd make my job so much easier yeah, but. yeah just just like doing that all the time when you run on yeah. <laughs> um do you have any more? I have one more question. No, I was uh, yeah. Ask your question, and then I was maybe just going to go into questions from listeners. I know I've asked so many questions. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. <laughs> so, like, I see a lot of like articles on men's health and other areas where like these actors or these famous figures who've got amazing bodies do fasting. So like they they eat like ah. they basically fast for a portion of the day or fast a particular day during the week. So my like. Obviously, in men's health, it says that this is a, a perfect solution for the person who who has a hectic lifestyle or some or, or whatnot. But how how accurate is that? Like, is fasting something that you could adapt and would help with fitness and and so on and so forth? 
it can be very helpful. It's a very useful way to control your calorie intake because if you only eat for like six hours, if, if you only have two meals a day, it's like you have lunch and you have dinner, you like take out probably three to 600 calories that you would have had at breakfast and that creates your calorie deficit and then you can just eat like a normal sized lunch and normal sized dinner and you don't really have to put in too much effort at those meals. So it can be a really, really helpful way. What can happen is that then leads to binging because people, so it's very useful for a lot of people, but there will be a subsection of the population that this doesn't go very well for. And people get so hungry because they haven't eaten enough in the morning, like they haven't eaten anything in the morning. And that's kind of the most accepted way to do intermittent fasting is that you like, you just skip breakfast and you start eating at lunchtime. And people will get so hungry that they'll then go mental at lunch and then go mental at dinner and just not be able to stop. Um, and then they'll kind of be like, oh, but it's OK, because tomorrow I'll skip breakfast. And that then in, like perpetuates that cycle of like hunger and then overdoing it. So it, it is very helpful. Yeah. It's not magic. So there will be a lot of people that will be like, oh, autophagy, um, which is cell renewal and then be like oh fasting is great for renewing cells and it is but not to any renew like noticeable difference you fast for like 10 to 12 hours anyway when you're asleep so your body does everything mm -hmm. it needs to anyway when you're asleep which is why sleep is very important for like recovery for health like blah 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 those kind of things um one population that it's probably not particularly helpful for is athletes so or, or people who train in the morning because if you train in the morning you're not then like recovering very effectively from that training session and fasting or skipping meals can make performance later in the day worse so like if you're an athlete or if you're like super active you train in the morning um or you just like breakfast like it's probably not for you but for some people who legitimately like aren't bothered about breakfast it can be really helpful is it is it true that if you get up in the morning go for a run you're more likely to burn body fat than if you eat first um, is that a myth yes and no so you're more likely to burn fat um because you like you haven't got any carbohydrate in your system and um, so because you haven't got that carbohydrate kind of readily available in your blood you use what's available to you so it's like if you had yeah. a hybrid car that was petrol and electricity and the electric battery was flat you'd use the petrol because it's yeah. the only fuel source that's available to you yeah. so it makes you more likely to use fat in to like to use body fat in that instance however like it doesn't stop you from just replacing it with your diet later on in the day so yeah yeah, like it, it kind of just balances yeah. over the course right. of the day. So if you're in a deficit, like you're going to be burning body fat regardless of what you do. So it kind of like it doesn't yeah. really matter. Mm. But if it's the only time of day that you're going to do it, then by all means, like go do your run fasted. But if you hate it, like you don't have to. That's really interesting to think that it, it sort of evens itself out anyway as you go through the day. Yeah. yeah. You think you're making a difference, but really. So, so like the, the take that I've got from like listening to you, Charlotte, is just that overall it's like it's a long process it's a long process and you, you can't look, isolate it on certain elements or fixtures of a day it's a full like year long consistency like through the months that will help you get your body the way you want it to be and and you it's no there's no there is no like quick fix because ultimately a quick fix comes falls down there's no fad diets because 
ultimately you come off the fad diet and yeah. you get back to your old way. So mm-hmm. the, the ultimately like it's about a long thought process of how you implement that within your life. Yeah. And not to be a shameless plug. That that is what your book's based on, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of the whole the whole thing of the book is like almost dieting without actually realizing you're doing it. Um yeah. and it's just setting up your lifestyle for for success. And um, loads of people use it without like without the aim of losing weight as well. It's just like I just want to make my diet healthier. I just want to make my diet better. I want to feel nicer on the inside. Mm-hmm. As like yeah. cringy as that sounds, they just want to feel a bit healthier and feel a bit um like feel a bit healthier and happier. And then they'll use it for that. So yeah, it's it's just about enjoying your food as well. So I trained as a chef before I um before I went into nutrition. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people that like just I don't know like don't eat nice food and because I'm so used to like cooking nice food and making nice food and then eating the nice food as well I kind of just like can't comprehend it when people feed themselves stuff that they hate um yeah like for for their for, for like aesthetics uh, uh, yeah it's just this like un- this age that we have where your body image is probably like more on show than it's ever been maybe like for like maybe our earlier generations like our parents and stuff because social media isn't it like you've got the celebrities who have the luxury of um like a chef or a nutritionist or a personal trainer all looking after every element in their life as well as plastic surgery yeah so like it's there's so much pressure on people like that are young to look a certain way because obviously for a guy that that ways to look like uh, Chris Hemsworth, um, yeah. and for a girl that, that there's like there's it's much it's more complex for a girl because there's many ways that you they can, that they're forced to look. Um, so it's it's interesting. I think that's it's probably not a healthy approach for people's mentality. But yeah, um, what you've explained is quite helpful for myself, and I think it'd be helpful for people. Yeah, yeah. There are some scenarios where like quick fix stuff does really work. So you know, earlier when you were talking about how you like you get frustrated because you don't see quick results and then you're like oh this is pointless and there are some situations when actually just doing like a really really hard diet for maybe a week maybe two weeks um maybe at like the start of your diet just to like give yourself this massive shove in the right direction and get yourself super motivated some like rapid fat loss where you just bring your calories right down and you don't do much else outside of that like so if you're training like bring your training volume right down and like go hard and then get out of that and then bring your bring your calories back up to a more like maintainable level but you can get some like really decent rapid fat loss by doing that for like a week 10 days two weeks it's very motivating and it, it wouldn't just like go straight back on the weight that you've lost if you, as long as you went back to like a maintainable uh... as long as you went back to either like your maintenance or um or stayed in like a slight deficit and this is where you have to remember that your new maintenance might be a tiny bit lower than your old maintenance depending on how much weight you've lost because yeah, like, you right. how many calories you burn depends on like mostly depends on how heavy you are so like me as a 60 kilo female will burn vastly less than chris hemsworth who's like this big um he's ginormous and probably weighs a lot more than me um so if you then weigh 10 kilos less than you did when you started your metabolism will have come down somewhat but it's come down in proportion with how much you now weigh so yeah like just bearing in mind that you might need to 
trim a couple of hundred calories off your like maintenance and just see what happens when you go back um mm. yeah like very motivating stuff that's that's what me and Nevin will be doing like straight <laughs> after this call that, that mcdonald's i had before get this. those jaffa cakes away <laughs> that mcdonald's i had before this is the last one doesn't count start again <laughs> it's nearly monday Hi. I'll start Monday, not not now. <laughs> um, well, I move on to some questions for listeners then. And yeah, yeah. Go I, think, I think that's quite a good way to go. So, I mean, these are the listeners. You can't blame me for these. So, <laughs> um, the first one we've already addressed, but the second one I've got here, very niche. 90% of my meat intake is game, venison, goose, pheasant. This is very niche. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute, absolute classic. <laughs> is that bad? He's featured before on this podcast, I'll let you know. He's a bit of a character. Yes. Um, it's not bad. You might be missing out on I was gonna say you might be missing out on some nutrients that you might get in other meats. Um prob- <clears throat> it'd probably be a good idea to bring some oily fish into that because you'll be oh, missing he loves out fish. on Oh, he loves fish. Does he like like yeah. oily fish though? Like salmon. He, lo- he, lo- he, lo- he loves like um like scallops and mussels and um langoustine and like is this you <laughs> no detail. are you just no, talking no, 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 this, is, this, that, this is actually a good friend so i know exactly because he always sends me pictures of them because my dad was a chef so like he, he has like an affinity to him and he always shows me pictures of what he's caught yeah. so to speak uh, very, again very specific but <laughs> overall what would the recommendation be oily fish um, you're probably fine. Add some oily fish, like some mackerel or some salmon in there. Um, but yeah, I can't see a reason why it'd be a problem. Like you're going to be getting plenty of iron and stuff from that. So amazing. Great. Plenty of protein. Uh, Good to go. <laughs> so next one I've got is, I think we've sort of addressed this. Can you lose lose weight in a healthy way without exercise? I suppose we caught a touch on it that you can, but if you can try even a little bit of exercise, even if that steps. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be like... Work. I think people see exercise as being hard and exercise can just be like, just move, just move a bit more. Just a walk. It comes back to that whole, like, it's very unhelpful, but like the eat less, move more kind of mantra. Like it's not particularly yeah. helpful as it doesn't really tell you how to do that, but that's what it comes down to in the end. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, we've dealt with metabolism. That's already came up. And I suppose the last one I've got is, is consistency the single most important factor on weight loss? I would say yes. Um, it takes time and it's annoying because it takes time and we wish it didn't. Um, but not fixating on it can make it easier. Like you can't at the end of the day, you can't manipulate your body weight. You can only manipulate your behaviors. So just keep doing things like day in and day out that are conducive to weight loss and let the weight take care of itself. And I think a lot of people also aren't chasing weight loss they're chasing a body composition that they like so at the end of the day like it also just doesn't matter what you weight because you don't walk down the street going bet he's 75 kilos like <laughs> I, I at no point have yeah. i looked at either of you and tried to guess your body weight um like it's it's just so irrelevant Please don't. <laughs> but like you don't walk down the street and be like i bet she's a size 12 um like it just doesn't happen um but you might walk down the street and be like her bum looks so good in those leggings and that's that's what people are chasing people are chasing an aesthetic rather than like a body weight so don't get too hung up on what the weight actually is just keep doing things that are conducive to the body that you would like um because like you can't make your weight change no matter how much well you can make it change through the behaviors but like i can't look at my weight on the scale and like wish it to go down or go up or 
change at all. So it's like you have to just keep doing the things and let your body kind of fall where it lies. Like your body reflects your lifestyle. So you have to change the lifestyle. I can't remember the question, but I think that answered it. (laughs) People are obsessed with the number on the scales rather than how they look and how they feel. Yeah. And that's probably much more important because, like you said, you you could be um, 90 kilograms but be terribly out of shape or 90 kilograms and be like super muscly and ripped. Yeah. It just depends on on how it's built up and the, the body composition you have. Makes sense. I think, is that a nice place to leave it? Should we leave it there? Yeah, I think I've, I've mostly asked all the questions. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's good. That's I've, I've, I've enjoyed having you on and it's, it's been quite enlightening for me because asking an expert like in, in a field yeah. that's quite interesting to me um, is answers to questions I had. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being our first guest. Very welcome. I'm, I'm privileged. <laughs> Have you got like... Um, like your your TikTok, your 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 Instagram and your usernames just that you could share like with people so they could know how to find you and and like see your profiles and see what like the content you have. I do. So my Instagram is at charlotte.f.nutrition and my TikTok is hang on, let me just see what my TikTok is. At charlottef.nutrition because the charlotte.f dot something like <laughs> wouldn't work or whatever so it's charlotte f dot nutrition but instagram is charlotte dot f dot nutrition and that's probably where i'm most active um then i have a website which is cf hyphen nutrition dot co uk um feel yeah. free to just hit me up on any I, of those things and do you do like online kind of help rather than completely online um so i don't have any face-to-face because i started this business i started my business in lockdown so i moved home I quit oh, my job, okay. moved home and was like, I'll be home for like two months. And then two weeks later, we were in like a national <laughs> lockdown and a global pandemic. And I was yeah. like, right, it looks like I'm not moving out anymore. Um, and the choice was start my own business or work at my parents' garden center. So I went with the start my own business thing. Um, so Wise I've, choice. Wise I've not, choice. yeah, I've not worked like face to face yet. So it'll probably come back in um, once lockdown eases. But yeah, at the moment I'm completely online um, and i basically like coach people online with nutrition no i would i would recommend everyone honestly genuinely check out charlotte's um, instagram and uh, tiktok because i've scrolled through almost all your tiktoks <laughs> they're so good as like little little reminders of things that you've got to remember so this conversation is a long form but tiktok you can sort of flick through and get like your tips in yeah. seconds so it's great um and Char- well, i've already mentioned it but charlotte's got a book which i've had a, i've had a look through and it's it's great it really talks you through building the habits and learning all this stuff and putting them in place and it sort of guides you through it like a journal kind of type thing you're encouraged to yeah. put entries in and things it's like a workbook so, um yeah like it's it's split into 10 weeks so it's meant to be like quite you progress through it um i have like a, a coached version of it as well which is like a 10 week fat loss program um so if you do want to join in come hit me up um but yeah it's like it's designed to take someone from like i don't know what the hell i'm doing to like oh i actually feel like i'm quite in control of my nutrition and i know how to kind of manipulate it a little bit and it's all the like the strategies the tips the tricks the hacks um like you know how we spoke about sort of what do you if you don't want to track your calories approaches it like it's all that kind of stuff um so it's like how do you lose weight without hating your life <laughs> essentially sounds good yeah well thank you very much for being on thank uh, you for thank having you, me yes. always say goodbye
Yeah, like, we have a wee tradition where we, you have to whisper goodbye. <laughs> I mean, oh, I didn't know you were going to bring this up. <laughs> I mean, why not? Like, so, right, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. right. So I'll go first, right? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Charlotte. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome.